Welcome back to episode six of JK Not Really. This is a monumental episode because as you are listening to this, we are recording it on camera. Yes. Which, <laughs> like last episode, was another risk because we went into it unrehearsed, no notes. We were just like, wherever the conversation is meant to go is where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And this week we decided to take another risk. Yeah. And to say, why not record us so people can see us talking to one another? Well, and also a couple of listeners have already asked. They were like, we love it, but like, we wish you can see, like, we wish we can see you. Now you can. <laughs> Talk. <laughs> and like, your mannerisms and have those like discussions. So we were like, okay, we just need to like buck up. But there was a major thing that was hindering us from doing this from the get-go. 100%. What do you think that is, Jack? I mean, I could speak for myself easily. Do you just want to jump right in? Yeah. I mean, for me, especially being on camera, and since we've been living together again, this has been like a reoccurring theme, topic, conversation Mm -hmm. that we've discussed in depth and we've kind of confronted a little bit more head on recently, which is body dysmorphia. Well, let's just sit with that. Just saying. And me just like actually vocalizing it body dysmorphia yeah so what does that look like for you for me and I've been diagnosed with it so for me it's I do not view my physical self in a realistic way because that's really Mm -hmm. what it is Mm -hmm. I've and I've learned that vocabulary my perception of myself is not reality it is not what other people see when they look at me so I specifically hone in on certain aspects of my body that I believe to be huge or big or not like other women that I want to look like. And I specifically, when I look in the mirror, that's all I see. I don't see anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From a therapist perspective, could you explain maybe to some people that aren't entirely aware of like a dysmorphia type of mindset? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Just like anxiety and depression, it looks different on everyone. Everybody has their own symptoms. However, there's a classification that justifies the diagnosis. And it's not the aspect of, oh, I don't like how I look today or I feel uncomfortable. It's that you're specifically looking in the mirror and you see a completely different skewed image. Right. Like it is literally that. For me. Yes. And for individuals, it could be your thighs to your arms, to your face, or even your stomach. Yeah, for me, it's my stomach for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you can also take measurements so you can see the number that you're at, but visually, it doesn't represent how you feel. No. You could, I can go into a store like we just did a couple weekends ago, Mm -hmm. and I am a size two. Mm -hmm. And still, I will be looking at the double zero and I'll be like, oh, if only. Which we already talked about brings us to the entire idea of a size chart in general. Which just screws with society. Because, so remember, I just got sweatpants in the mail and I decided to size up because I like big, comfy sweatpants. Yeah. Who doesn't? Right. And I told you, I'm like, holding them up. I'm like, guess what size they are? 
while you're wearing your extra small quote unquote sweatpants right and you're like oh there are four i'm like guess again and i was like okay maybe a six and, and you're like, like again and i was like no 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 like that can't be more than a six it was a size eight and i literally held up the extra small sweatpants that i was wearing oh these are the same size the waistband was exactly the same i could put those sweatpants on and they would fit me the same way my extra small one and i think for us that was pretty powerful because then we started thinking wait when i shop in old navy i'm this size but when i shop in target i'm this size and then when i go to american eagle i'm this size right and it's just like why is it different in every single store and why am i associating my positivity about my body with that number that's not the same in every single store yes like in general i mean we said to ourselves like f a size chart we're like this proves it right here and right now that this is not even realistic if not all stores are the same sizes that it's not really a size chart it should be more like oh in this store you're this like honestly mm -hmm. like it shouldn't be u.s women's size chart but it's crazy though because now that we're talking more about it between me and you i'm talking more about it with like my partner and when he states that sizes for men are completely the same and no matter what store you go into it's like why can't that be the same for us I didn't so even think about that. What is society teaching us then? And, and pretty much grooming us to be. And I said that I was like, if you really think about the origins of mm. a size chart, like it does date back to when it was like more publicly known in the 1940s, in the 1950s. Okay. What were the roles in society as women in the United States at the time? You, if you did have a quote unquote career, you were a teacher, you were a nurse, you were a librarian, you were a secretary, the dress code for all four of those like, down to scrubs nurses were still wearing dresses at that time yeah very tiny dresses. yes and it was all about that femininity and that is associated with dresses with cinching at the waist mm -hmm. with all of that so how dated is that that our measurements till this day is still are still conditioning us to think it has to cinch at the waist you have to be small in order to be feminine mm -hmm which I think is interesting when you talk about your, and we'll circle back to like my development of body dysmorphia, uh, but I think what was really eye-opening for me, because people think, oh, you're, be you're best friends, you must know everything about each other. And I think the one thing that we keep learning is we don't, and even in a friendship relationship, you I, can continue to learn more. I think this is one of our, we had very hard conversations before, but this one was extremely difficult because I know what my own mind is telling me. I know what my own thoughts are. I know what my anxieties and my fears are. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just solely me with these thoughts. And then when I finally like, came forward and told you how I was thinking about myself and for you too, to tell me about your body dysmorphia, mm -hmm. I was like, we are constantly struggling and we're not talking about this. And we convince ourselves that we're the only ones struggling with this and uh -huh. we live across the hall from each other right now and we're both having the same thoughts we're both having the same insecurities mm -hmm. and so i thought it was really interesting because on my i think it is a more recent development in my journey with biodysmorphia like mm -hmm. i'm 29 years old i've had my diagnosis and awareness of this for about 
seven years now. Okay. I, I didn't really have verbiage for it until I sought, like sought out counseling in college, um, which is when I like reckoned with it. And I was more in tune to like what it was that I was going through. But more recently I've been like confronting it. Which I think is so empowering. Which it's, you. and it's been a, it is not something, like I said, it's been over five years and it's just now happening. So I think with confronting it and owning it, like, yeah, I do have body dysmorphia, but I am not body dysmorphia. It's not controlling you. No. You which have it, control over it. Which now. it has been. Yeah. Like even, and my husband is very much aware of it and he is so in tune to it. He could tell even when he was away, he could tell by like the words I was using towards my mother-in-law to check in on me. Like yeah. he's so in tune to it. And I'm so thankful for that. But I think it's been really empowering for me more recently that the more I confront it, the less power it has over me. Mm-hmm. And I want to add to that too, because I think this will just be like a helpful hint overall. Um, when I talk to my clients about anxiety, OCD, just negative thoughts about themselves, I tell them that that's not you. That's not your core okay. of who you are. Your anxious thoughts are a secondary part of you. And you can label them as like a name, like um, these are my negative Nancy's talking to me right now. Okay. It's not my Casey talking. Okay. It's not your true self. Okay. Like giving it like a secondary name helps you pull away from And like that differentiate. Thing. Exactly. Instead of my body dysmorphia defines me. No, it doesn't. That's not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still Jacqueline. Yeah, absolutely. Right. No, that's mm-hmm. really cool. But I realized the more I confronted it and the more open I was to talking with you about it, which in turn made you more vocal about your insecurities. And I think the my mouth just dropped when you told me about your dance classes, which we all know, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. the dance culture in general. Can you shine some light on that? Because I mm. don't, I think if you don't know someone who had a life as a competitive dancer, like you did. Yeah. And they can just like view it, whether it's going to Broadway, whether it's in a music video, whether it's <laughs> whatever. It has changed. However, there's still aspects of it, which is extremely wicked on how they view our bodies. So you have to be fit. Mm-hmm. obviously you need to have like a certain like structure to be a dancer yeah dancers are like one of the like most athletic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. athletes um and i remember just like as a child i think it was in middle school i believe and then it really started to focus more like in high school because that's how i was like more aware and acknowledging that my body is changing i just got my period like my hips are getting bigger and everything all the things and um a ballet bar is when we do our exercises before we go into like center. And one of the things that we would do is that we would put the two ballet bars like together and we would go across them to see if our stomachs would touch. And if they did, that's when we need to know that we had to be on a diet. And this started at how old? Like when you're a freshman in high school? Uh, we acknowledged, I mean, I say we, but I mean like I acknowledged it in middle school because we used to do it for fun a little bit, like as a game, like who can get through like the bar the fastest. And then as we get older, we're like, oh, like the men in ballet are supposed to hold you at your waist. You need to be tiny for them to do that and to lift you up. And if your waist is too big, that can't happen. 
So you can't be the prima ballerina. No, we also, I mean, still saying we, um, even dance competitions going into just being in like leotards and um, stockings. And judges will go over and just look at your body. And if you're not the type, they'll send you out before you even dance. So you don't even have a shot if you're not that like figurine that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So how did that affect you? Oh, it screwed with me so much. Does it still like mess with you a little bit now? Um, a little bit because I know, I mean, I do, I'm learning how to like my body more. And it's so hard for me to even say mm -hmm. this now. And it's like, I understand that I have muscles in my thighs, but I wish that they were smaller because that fits more into the dance criteria world. Just small muscular thighs. Mm -hmm. My thighs aren't small. So it's kind of learning how to reframe those thought patterns mm -hmm. for me. And I love my mother to death. I truly do. She was a great support system throughout dance. She was always there for me. But I remember having a conversation with her stating, I want to be on Broadway. I want to do this. You want to be in New York City. Yeah. Tough love with her from Jersey. Yeah. And she goes, that will never be you. That kind of hit a little bit and it made me realize, okay, I need to go into like another passion. But still, it made me think, okay, my body's not good enough. I'm not a good enough dancer. Because that's all you were exposed to. But it should be about the sport and just enjoying it instead of my body type. And your talent. At yeah. the end of the day, your talent, your skill, mm -hmm. which I agree with you. I think it's getting a little bit better just from someone that grew up going to Broadway shows at least twice a year. Like that's very much embedded into my family's like tradition. And I, I can agree with you. Like I've seen, I can compare ballets at the Met that I saw growing up to ballets that I've seen now. And there are more women of color. There are more ballerinas Absolutely. of different shapes and different sizes. But that was not the case when you and I were growing up. No, it just started that um, they're making point shoes now in a darker skin tone. They're just starting that. And it's 2023. Yeah. But I mean, going back to my mom's statement, I'm kind of like grateful for her like stating that. So I knew that I wasn't going to quote unquote fail, I guess, and to put everything into that. And I think that was her biggest thing. No, I can see why she did that. And it's coming from a place of love. It really I, is, but it shows how she was also in that culture too. It just consumes you. And when that's all you're receiving, what else are you supposed to believe? And that's all that you're seeing. Exactly. Yeah. Like she was very positive and everything like that. It was just like, that's not going to be you. And dance is just like a love and passion. It's because not your there career. Aren't at that time, ballerinas that looked like you. That's exactly. And that's why I'm just like, okay, like, thank you for that mom. Love you. And now I'm going to go over into this career. And like deal. pursue other things. Yeah. Yeah. But I think your journey watching you now with weightlifting is really interesting knowing that backstory. So it's crazy that you mentioned that because as a dancer, it was like, what kind of fruits can I eat? So I don't feel full in my stomach and what kind of like um, bars I can eat too. And that was it. And then I grew up with my dance teachers eating that for dinner too. And now I'm weightlifting and my partner's like, you need to eat more. Like, he's like, you need to eat protein, you need your yogurt, like breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. Which is, even as you're saying it to me, with someone that struggles in the way that I do, I put out like almost like sirens in my brain, like calories, 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 that's too much, that's too much, that's too much. 
But the crazy thing is I have never learned that you need to feed yourself with this because it goes strictly to your muscles and then it burns the fat away too. We're not taught this. I was just going to say that we were never taught that it could work that way. No, but also we come from the culture with our moms with the almond diet that they talk about on TikTok. Literally. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is high in protein, so you can just pick up this for a little bit, and that'll sustain you. And it's like, yeah, it might sustain me, but sustainable doesn't always mean healthy. So how was it like for you growing up then? Difficult. I mean, I will say my mother has an incredible view towards food. Like this whole organic trend, my mom was ahead of the game. Like my mom adopted that lifestyle from the get-go. She was doing it before anyone else was. Like I grew up in a household of all organic down to like our cleaning supplies. Like she's looking at natural ways to disinfect and stuff like that. Yeah. So in that sense, when people talk about eating healthy, that's not hard for me. Eating healthy isn't hard for me. You're really good at that. Yeah. That's not, that's a no brainer. Even after like a night of drinking, you're like, we're going to do a smoothie in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, I just want a bagel. No, I'm very, my hash browns. Yeah, absolutely. That's just not my innate, like that's not what my body craves. I think because my mom, if we went to a drive-thru, it was because there were no other options and we were like on a road trip. Like she was like, we are not getting fast food. We don't do that. So where does it stem from then? My mom has, and my mom is stunning. I mean, if I pulled up a picture of my mom right now, she's in her 60s and you would think that she was in her 40s. And she's just like this incredibly beautiful human being. But she's cut from the same, like I am cut from the same cloth. If I tried to explain to my mother how beautiful she is and how in shape she is and how great she looks, she would not believe that. I know she wouldn't. Like this is a woman that, looked at herself in the mirror every single day. And I know she saw imperfections. I know that's all she saw. And so that was all I learned to do. And I've been very open with her about this. Like, I will never sit here and say that, like, I have body dysmorphia because of my mother. I think body dysmorphia exists because of factors outside of our control based on the society that we live in and what it can do to you in your adolescence as a woman. Like, I'm a big believer in that. But I've also, like, told her, like, I struggle with this. And the crazy thing is my mom told my sister and I every single day how beautiful we were. And how perfect our bodies were. And, like, Mm -hmm. we could just rock these outfits. And I would just long for her to talk to herself that way. Mm -hmm. Because in my brain, I was like, she's telling me that because she's my mom. And she's supposed to say that. Because I never hear my mom talk about herself in a loving way. So she's just telling my sister and I this yeah. because she's our mom. Of course, you're going to think that your kid is beautiful. They came from you, right? Like in my brain, I was like, you're supposed to say that just like my husband right now. Of course, you're not going to sit here and tell me I look big. You're my husband. Like you're going to tell me, no, you look great. You look beautiful. All those things. But I know for a fact My mom doesn't see her the way that I see her. And I see her realistically, which is the biggest trip, I think, for me mentally. Because I have body dysmorphia and I view myself unrealistically. But I look at her realistically and she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I get frustrated with that. 
So I feel for my circle when they're like, Jack, like stop zooming in your stomach. Mm -hmm. Your shirt looks fine. Mm -hmm. Your sweatshirt looks fine. You don't look big Mm -hmm. in that picture, but that's what I see. And I'm sure that's what she sees on some level. So it's definitely a society, but also like what you observed too as a child. Yeah. I was a sponge. Yeah. I watched my mother in the mirror and I was looking at the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And she was not seeing that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so when I look in the mirror, I need to observe what I want to improve because that's what my mom does. Even if she's, even if it's subconscious, that's what I saw from her. Yeah. And again, she's, I love my mother. She's a badass. Like mm-hmm. she's one of the most successful, most driven, most independent, strong women I know. Both of our moms. Right. Absolutely. Like we come from like mama lions. Like we come from Absolutely. a lioness. We do. Of we really do. women. And it's interesting in my adult life how maybe I didn't see as much. You know what I mean? Like maybe that lioness mentality was because they didn't want us to feel the way they did. I think you're spot on with that. Like protecting mm-hmm. us when actually I see it and probably did the opposite instead yeah. of talking straight to us. And I think that's what we're also getting out of this too, is that we are now talking about it. And just being more forward about it, it's just kind of like uplifting the negativity. It is. It is. Like I said, I said to you today, I was like, the more I own it, the less of a power it has over me, the less of a threat body dysmorphia has to me in my well-being because mm-hmm. I'm just owning it, recognizing it. But I think what we need to work on, and I hope other people can also connect with us on this one too, is that I can easily give positive comments to so many people and to state she looks beautiful she slay, looks strong slay queen like you yeah know what I mean? like she is rocking it good for her but i can't do that for myself at oh, all it happened to us today at lunch today it did we had this incredible lunch happy camper denver shout out if oh. you haven't been there the vibe is immaculate it's, so good it's incredible the service was just on point and it was the best pizza we had and that's coming from two west east coast, coast women like pizza is a religion in New Jersey and that's where your family's from. So we know good pizza and in Colorado, like, where's your water from? A... What water are you using? Is it from New York? That's what you asked. Yeah. I was like, it must be. Anyway. <laughs> um, we love pizza. <laughs> we saw um, just one of the staff members and she was just rocking this outfit. This like... orange, like matching leggings and sports bra top. And I'm like, she looks fucking awesome. I'm like, I wish I could do that. And I was like, need to rephrase that. I can do that. Why do I look at myself in such a negative light? I know. And I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so much better looking than I am. I guarantee you we're the same size. But the more that we talk about, the more that we can kind of say, hey, you're doing it again. And I think that's what it is. I think that's the more you confront it, the less weight it has Mm -hmm. so another psych tip i guess if you want to call it we love those here on jk (laughs) not really please share all the psych tips for everyone they need them another one that i um like to do with my clients and this is a difficult one but i challenge you to tally mark how many negative thoughts you have about yourself 
a day. Let's just say, let's just do a Thursday. Okay, so you pick a day. We pick a day. Okay. And then if you can get through that Thursday, okay, now we're going to do a Monday and Thursday. And then we're going to open up that book and look at all the tallies. And now you're bringing your consciousness to all your negative thoughts. Okay. Because you're kind of removed from it in a sense because the day has already passed. And because sometimes we're not aware that we're even talking to ourselves in this negative way. And oh, 100%. Like, I'll be like, how was your Thursday? And they'll be like, oh, it was awesome. I had a great day. Okay, let's open this book. Wait, you had 20 negative thoughts about yourself? Doesn't seem like it was a good day, huh? Oh, yeah, because I'm not even aware of it sometimes. See? There you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's just being more mindful and being more open about it. I would be very intrigued to see what my tallies would be because it happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. But in relation to this topic, and if you haven't gotten a sense of how crazy we are on these episodes, then just get ready. So Casey and I woke up to this morning and we had, you had a tattoo appointment in Denver mm-hmm. and your partner was off like hiking. So we decided to make yeah. a girl's day out of it, which was amazing. Climbing some rocks. Go Steven. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know how he does that at all. Um, and so I was like, all right, like let's wear like our mom jeans and like some sort of top. But I did not bring many sweatshirts here because you're living out of a suitcase. Well, I'm unpacked now. We got past that step, but yeah, I mean, but I your did... stuff is in one suitcase. One thousand percent compared to like a whole closet. I don't have many options. Thank God for you. So <laughs> I walked across the hall and I was like, can I look at your sweatshirts? Like, I'm sick of wearing the same three sweatshirts. I'm over it. And you're like, yeah, of course. So I'm walking, I'm like looking through your closet, walking in there. And I was like, I mean, when else am I going to be able to wear like a bleached black hoodie with skeletons on it? Because that is just not my style or like my nature innately, but I'm here for it. And I love it. And I looked at you and I was like, when am I ever going to be like able to walk over to your closet and do this? So I put it on and I was like, let me just like straighten my hair. Let me just wear Casey's ear. Let me just dress and speak like Casey. I think this would be hysterical for me. And you are, and you were feeling, you felt it through our mentality. You were like, do you have your dog mom sweatshirt? And I was like, you mean my cute little black crew neck that I always wear? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, I do. And you're like, awesome. let me let just curl like my hair. hair. And you like curl your hair. white little pearl And put your pearl earrings in where I'm wearing your like dark charcoal gray diamond studs. <laughs> like, and so we looked at ourselves and then we started like speaking like each other, which was just hysterical because we literally. At like 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, just woke up and said on today's episode, we're going to dress like each other, which is just hysterical for me. But then we took like a, a funny picture. boomerang and we were like, let's put like a, a dumb little poll. Like, did we knock it out of the park? Whatever. I was yeah. dressing like each other because we're just funny. And you brought up something at lunch that was, I didn't even think about. So I was looking at the picture and it finally hit me and I'm just like, we're very similar in size. Mm-hmm. And since you started living with us, and even when I was living with you, I always compared myself to you. And I did it to you, but why would I ever tell you that? Exactly. Like, why would I ever tell you that? But I was always like, she's so skinny. Oh, I wish I had her legs. And I would look at you and I'd be like, oh my gosh, her stomach's so flat. I wish I had a smaller bust so I could wear the type of tops that she wore. Her collarbone is so much prettier than mine. But we haven't talked about this at all until I said... 
wow, I'm actually looking at this picture and like, I feel good. Right. I never post stories like that of like just myself. And I'm looking at the two of us and I'm like, we're wearing each other's sweatshirts. We look the same. We look very, very and similar. We're constantly though comparing ourselves. And even as best friends, we're comparing ourselves, which is kind of crazy. It's one thing to do to a stranger. It's another thing to be like looking at your best friend and being like, I wish I looked like that. Do you know that we all subconsciously um, judge other people? It's a survivor. No. Yeah, it's a survivor technique that we haven't gotten rid of. Okay, you're going to need to like shed some more light on that. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, we had to compare ourselves to other people to see who was going to be the more elite so we can continue on. Yeah, like society-wise. Yeah. And survive. Yeah. We haven't gotten rid of that mechanism. So we today, as a society, we constantly compare so we can say, what can we do better to survive? Isn't that wild? Yeah. But it's not just survival. It's how can I look prettier? How can I dress this way? How because can I get the positive the connotations level? associated with all of those things? Mm-hmm. And like success, beauty, romance, all of that is like associated especially to physical traits. Yeah. So I think we should be aware that we're always judging people and that's okay. However, we can't judge ourselves in a negative light. And also we shouldn't be judging people in a negative light just to say, okay, this is kind of natural for me to do this. What's a positive that I can take away? Mm-hmm. I want to take away her confidence. I want to have confidence like her. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think what this episode's kind of overall message has been, I think, is the more you confront it, the mm-hmm. more you talk about it, the more you just are honest with yourself and those close to you, the easier it's going to be. But I didn't realize that until I started doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I, I think my sister, a couple of my closest friends, my husband knew I had biodysmorphia. To everyone else, I just looked like this super confident, positive person. Mm-hmm. But like little do they know, every single time I pose for a picture, every single time I look in the mirror, I'm Zoom only, in. oh, 100%. I know. So what we're stating is that just be more open about it. Yeah. The, well, the more you talk about it, it's, it's, it's like confronting the monster. The less of a monster it is if you call it out. Yeah. So to circle back, it doesn't define you. Mm-mm. It's not your core self. And it's not a scary monster if you shine a light on it. You're no longer scary to me because you're no longer the unknown. I know you and I'm going to conquer you. Absolutely. What an episode. I know. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. That is the first time I've actually spoken and like owned it. But I'm proud of you too. Like that ballet story stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Like that's a hard culture to be a part of. Yeah, it was. But look at us now, just being open and talking about it. And raising awareness. And accepting just who we are. Because we're awesome. Corny but cute. Corny but real. And a little weird. And a little weird. (laughs) I mean, obviously, we dressed up as each other today. So, I mean, that's never going to go away. Well, with that, thanks for listening. Thanks for continuously being on this journey with us and this crazy ride. Yeah. And if you 
feel the urge to actually watch us on whatever platform we decide on. Stay tuned for that. But you might be surprised as to who's who if you don't know us. I don't smoke a pack a day. I want to make that very clear. Despite what my voice sounds like. Don't. Never smoked a cigarette in my life. I was just given this voice box. Yeah, but it's okay. Sorry. I'm going to confront it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to love it. There we go. What a message. We'll see you next time. Bye.